Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about gonorrhea. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash gonorrhea or in the genitourinary medicine section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Neisseria gonorrhea is a gram-negative diplococcus bacteria. It infects mucous membranes with a columnar epithelium, such as the endocervix in women, urethra, rectum, conjunctiva, and the pharynx. It spreads via contact with mucous secretions from infected areas. Gonorrhea is a sexually transmitted infection. Being young, sexually active and having multiple partners increases the risk of infection with gonorrhea. Having other sexually transmitted infections such as chlamydia or HIV also increases the risk. There is a high level of antibiotic resistance to gonorrhea. Traditionally, ciprofloxacin or azithromycin were used to treat gonorrhea. However, there are now high levels of resistance to these antibiotics. Let's talk about the presentation. Infection with gonorrhea is more likely to be symptomatic than infection with chlamydia. 90% of men and 50% of women are symptomatic with gonorrhea. The presentation will depend on the site of the infection. Female genital infections can present with odorless, purulent discharge, possibly green or yellow, dysuria or painful urination, and pelvic pain. Male genital infections can present with an odorless, purulent discharge, possibly green or yellow, dysuria again with painful urination, and testicular pain or swelling with epididymoorchitis. Rectal infection may cause anal or rectal discomfort and discharge, but is often asymptomatic. Pharyngeal infection in the throat may cause a sore throat, but is also often asymptomatic. Prostatitis causes perineal pain, urinary symptoms and prostate tenderness on examination. Conjunctivitis causes erythema to the eye and a purulent discharge. So how do we make a diagnosis? Nucleic acid amplification testing, or NAT, is used to test for the RNA or DNA of gonorrhea. Genital infection can be diagnosed with endocervical, vulvovaginal or urethral swabs, or with a first-catch urine sample. Rectal and pharyngeal swabs are recommended in all men who have sex with men, or MSN, and in those with risk factors, for example, anal or oral sex, or patients with symptoms of infection in these areas. A standard charcoal endocervical swab should be taken for microscopy, culture and antibiotic sensitivity testing before initiating antibiotics. This is particularly important given the high rates of antibiotic resistance. A Tom tip for you, it's worth remembering that nucleic acid amplification testing, or NAT, are used to check if a gonococcal infection is present or not by looking specifically for gonococcal RNA or DNA. 
NAT tests do not provide any specific information about antibiotic sensitivities and resistance, which is why a standard charcoal swab for microscopy, culture and sensitivities is so essential to guide the choice of antibiotics used in treatment. Next, let's talk about management. This section is based on the British Association for Sexual Health and HIV, or BASH, guidelines updated in 2018. Given the local differences in antibiotic resistance and the frequently changing regimes, always look up the latest local and national guidelines when you're treating patients. This is a summary to help with your learning and exam preparation. Patients should be referred to GUM clinics or a local equivalent to coordinate testing, treatment and contact tracing. Management depends on whether antibiotic sensitivities are known. For uncomplicated gonococcal infections, the guidelines recommend a single dose of intramuscular keftriaxone 1 gram if the sensitivities are not known or a single dose of oral ciprofloxacin 500 mg if the sensitivities are known. Different regimes are recommended for complicated infections, infections in other sites and pregnant women. Most regimes involve a single dose of intramuscular keftriaxone. All patients with gonorrhea should have a follow-up test of cure given the high antibiotic resistance. This is with NAT testing if they are asymptomatic or with cultures where they are symptomatic. BASH recommend a test of cure at least 72 hours after treatment for culture testing, 7 days after treatment for RNA NAT testing and 14 days after treatment for DNA NAT testing. Other factors to consider are abstaining from sex for 7 days of treatment for all partners to reduce the risk of reinfection, testing for and treating any other sexually transmitted infections, providing advice about ways to prevent future infections, and considering safeguarding issues and sexual abuse in children and young people. Next let's go through the complications. There are a large number of complications of gonorrhea infection, including pelvic inflammatory disease, chronic pelvic pain, infertility, epididymoorchitis in men, prostatitis in men, conjunctivitis, urethral strictures, disseminated gonococcal infection, which we'll talk about in more detail shortly, skin infections, Fitzhugh-Curtis syndrome, septic arthritis and endocarditis. A key complication to remember is gonococcal conjunctivitis in a neonate. Gonococcal infection is contracted from the mother during birth. Neonatal conjunctivitis is called ophthalmia neonatorum. This is a medical emergency and is associated with sepsis, perforation of the eye and blindness. Finally, let's talk about disseminated gonococcal infection. Disseminated gonococcal infection or DGI is a complication of untreated gonococcal infection where the bacteria spreads to the skin and the joints. It causes various non-specific skin lesions 
polyarthritis with joint aches and pains in multiple joints, migratory polyarthritis, which is arthritis that moves between different joints, tenosynovitis, which is inflammation of the tendon sheaths, and systemic symptoms such as fever and fatigue. So thanks for listening to this episode on gonorrhea. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast, and I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about mycoplasma genitalium.